Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we are a little late on this one, but we are talking about Sofia Coppola's Priscilla. Yes, you ran off uh, and eloped in Aruba. Um, <laughs> to an iguana? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you are back, so we are reviewing Sofia Coppola's newest film, Priscilla, uh, shot in the Toronto area. So Etobicoke. Little, uh, oh, really? That's where mm-hmm. I live. I wonder if it... Uh, I, they, I have some giant fucking houses around here, so maybe Elvis's house was one of the... Now, I live in a tiny condo, but there are gigantic houses around me. Um, I'm excited to be back talking this with you. Uh, we just recorded our review of the Marvels, which you guys can go uh, listen to or watch right now. It should be up. It was a, a gigantic spoiler-filled conversation, uh, mostly about the Marvels, but we also talk about the future of the MCU, um, as well as the series and TV shows and films and how slowing down and pumping the brakes and getting a little distance in between releases uh, might be a good thing. Uh, so please go check that out. If you like Priscilla, you'll love the Marvels. <laughs> That's not a true statement. I don't know. I'm just uh, Eric. How are you? I'm good, Matt. I, I I don't know where you were going with that, but uh, I'm I'm happy to be reviewing uh, this film, especially uh, anytime I get to uh, criticize Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, uh, right? Which, which I'm I will sure be doing will quite be, a bit yeah, of during yeah. this interview or interview yeah. review. So uh, we just had a very alordy Christmas because we had uh, <laughs> Priscilla and Saltburn uh, very close to one another. Uh, we'll also have a Saltburn review up. Uh, probably soon ish. Um, cause it does come out in the next couple weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, so we will have that up soon. Um, but, uh, good for Jacob Elordi, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's more of an edge Lord in Saltburn than he is in Priscilla, uh, edge Lordy. Uh, but yes, here he is playing Elvis, but as a supporting character, because this is from the perspective of Priscilla Presley's before that, Priscilla Bolu. Um, and this is her story that kind of spans from the ni- late 1950s into the early 70s and her relationship and marriage uh, with Elvis and her time at Graceland and fighting for autonomy and freedom and becoming her own person. Uh, the, the first time we meet Priscilla Presley is when she's 14 years old and she's living on an Air Force base in Germany, West Germany. And with that character, we see a world that's very desaturated and there's no life to it. She's kind of going through the motions of school and feels lost in translation in a little, in a way. And so as we see this character kind of succumb to the charm of Elvis Presley, who at this point was uh, enlisted in the military as a regular soldier. He's 24. She's 14. Uh, Very creepy, very disturbing. We see the grooming. It's not overt, but it is there. The subtle sort of idea of, you know, him trying to, seduce her and win her over and in a kind of vertigo kind of way you know he just lost his mother is kind of you know 
taking that loss and replacing his mother with a potential spouse partner and he sees that in priscilla and every time priscilla interacts with elvis in the early scenes we see that color temperature change that pastels and the warmth get brighter this film isn't about plot it's about sort of living within the moment and in the palatial setting that the characters are languishing in and so when you see priscilla over the course of so many you know, decades kind of come into her own, you see this young girl become a woman, but also have to navigate a very tricky terrain of sort of not becoming just another trophy for Elvis to place in Graceland and just become something that sits within the confines of, you know, his building and in his life and that he is taking advantage of her in more than one way. And uh, Kaylee Spaney, who plays uh, Priscilla Presley in the film, is phenomenal. That transformation of going from child to adult um, is also very, very subtle, just in terms of posturing and mannerisms, but even makeup and learning things and observing things and seeing how the daydream is becoming reality over time. And a nightmare yeah. at times too. Yeah, yes. I, I'm with you. I um, I like the film quite a bit. I think uh, Sofia Coppola, her movies are always very deliberately paced. And I think it's more of a me problem than a her problem that they kind of lull me into this. Like I'm, I'm both mesmerized by them, but then it also kind of lulls me into this kind of disassociation from reality sometimes too where you I enter a fugue I, state yeah like when i'm watching her films like i i sort of find myself daydreaming sometimes or drifting off and um i don't know if it's the film's fault all the time or if it's just that her style doesn't vibe with me but by it, it ends up winning me back usually throughout each movie that i see from her where i end up really liking her stuff for the most part but I, I find myself wrestling with like how much i enjoyed it because i found myself at times drifting off or not being fully engaged with it um that being said um i think that transition you're saying from priscilla being this kind of suburban kind of young woman who is kind of seduced by this older man in this kind of um uh, fame and, and and things like that. And it does get disturbing and creepy in subtle ways, right? Like it does play it very much as a romance, but a, a romance that is a horror film, right? Like it is very romantic and he's in, he's in his um, wooing of this young woman and it's played off very romantically, but the subtext while you're watching, even though it is kind of these pastels and these, and it, it is, almost charming but charming to the point where it reverses and becomes horrific and disturbing and creepy right because of this relationship that they're having and him um kind of taking advantage of this this young woman and, and well her, a girl when when they yeah, when they first yeah, young meet, girl right? and and her um naivety and and stuff like that too so uh, i think the movie does a really great job of that at, at playing it as a straight romance but then as you're watching you go oh no this isn't 
as much as the movie is showing it as a romance and it's intentional. I'm not saying that the movie is trying to play it off as this love story. Um, while you're watching it, even though it's p- played very straight, it is very disturbing while you're watching it, um, which I think the movie does a really, really good job at that. Um, I think the casting of, of uh, it, it's Kaylee Spaney, right? Yeah. Kaylee yeah. Spaney and Jacob Elordi. I think the height difference uh, pl- uh, plays, uh, uh, great into the the disturbingness of it. Like he really feels like a man, and she does feel like a young girl at times. And when I say that plays great, it's because you this story. I think people brush off a lot of when he met her being like, well, he was in his mid twenties and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, there was still a 10 year age gap. She was still a girl. She was underage. Um, yeah. Like he was it's a pedophile. Still, Elvis yeah, Presley was a pedophile. It's, 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 um, it is clear that way. Like I, I just started to cut you off there, Matt. I, I think the most important thing that this movie is doing is it's not judging people for liking the music. It's not saying, sure. Oh, you can't like the music. It's saying you have to accept the fact that, she was a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. He was 24. I agree. That's unacceptable. It doesn't and I matter. I agree with that. And the if movie you doesn't are Joe pull Schmo any or Elvis yeah. Presley, that kind of shit but should never fly. It even shows that, that it does fly when you have fame and that yes. you, you know, and things like that. And that's what I think the movie does a really great job at. Um, all her interactions with Elvis and his entourage. Like I, I joked about this after. I saw the movie being like, this felt like a season of entourage directed by a feminist and taking the, you know, the perspective of one of Vinny Chase's girlfriends or something. Right. Well, they like call him her- E though too. Yeah, right. That's funny. Yeah. But like there are some sequences where she's trying on clothes for them and stuff like that. And they all are towering over her. And she does really look like this child surrounded by men um, playing dress up. Yeah, that it's just it becomes very disturbing and very creepy watching the entire thing. And she just does such a great job with it um, of playing it as this young girl who is in love, but is being taken advantage of because of, you know, um, that age difference, really like. um, So, yeah, I think the movie is quite good. I thought the performances were great. Um, Everything you mentioned, I I pretty much fully agree with my only kind of issues were you know, Sophia Coppola's pacing sometimes, I think I just doesn't really vibe with me. And I feel like the last act of the film rushes by too quickly. And you had a good anecdote of why that might be the case when it comes to drug use and, 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 and different things like that. But for me, it spends a lot of time on those early years. And then once they get married, spoilers, <laughs> uh, it it kind of goes by too quickly for me. Like I feel like it it starts to rush through that last act of their downfall for the most part. Uh, and you saw that throughout their relationship and how he could be abusive in different ways verbally and physically at one time and, and, and stuff like that too. Um, but once that stuff starts happening and they start having issues after they get married and, and uh, you're starting to see the cracks and how they kind of drift apart, I feel like it goes through those years very quickly to the point where I thought there were some pacing issues with that first two acts of the film and then the last act. So I think that's like my biggest issue with the film as a whole, but overall I think it's great to tell her side of the story. I think it's, it doesn't pull any punches when it comes to, you know, Elvis being one of the most beloved musicians of all time, but showing that hey there's this part of him and his history that we kind of all brushed to the side as it was okay 
uh, when it really wasn't okay. I agree with you. And I'm, I'm glad that this story was told and it's told in a respectful and, uh, in a, in a stylistic kind of way, um, with some great performances. So I think the movie's quite solid. Yeah. And it never judges Priscilla Presley for no. her choices. And it's based on her memoir, which was co-written by, uh, Sandra Harmon, Elvis and me. And when you're watching this story, you know, it, it respects Priscilla Presley as a person and you see, you know, this this person as a, as as a child and 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 moving into adolescence and adulthood and having needs and desires and wanting more in life and not wanting that much more. I mean, she wants to just get a job at like a boutique and 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 kind of just have a little bit of autonomy and you know, the way that Elvis looms quite literally large over her like a monolith and telling her, you know, you have to be this way. You have to be preserved if it's, as though you're a Barbie doll and, and, and you know, you need to be kind of kept in a, a precious state. The way that he calls her little one or, or baby and things like that. And, and his choices of not to have sex with her until a, a certain time and a certain age. Like he knew what he was doing. He he manipulated her and he was also very much aware of how the public would possibly perceive him because this was also around the same time that Jerry Lee Lewis was dating and eventually married his cousin. So, and she was 13. So, you know, like you, you get to that point where you, you see, you know, you hear the Colonel, luckily there's no one playing him in this movie. Tom Hanks doesn't randomly pop up like a jump scare, but the idea of the tabloids really emphasizing his relationships, Elvis's relationships with Anne Margaret and Nancy Sinatra is to play up the fact that it's like, okay, it's distracting you from what's really going on over here. And then when Priscilla became rock and roll royalty, it was of age. And so a lot of that was kind of kept under wraps, but you know, if you look at Michael Jackson or Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or Charlie Chaplin, um, even Babylon last year, you know, like, you can still like the music. You can still like the movies. There's the conversation of, you know, the art imitating the artist or separating the two, but you have to accept the fact that Elvis was a pedophile and you have to accept the fact that like, that's a part of who he was. And if you don't, then you're being ignorant to Priscilla's journey. You're being ignorant to her truth. You know, and so that's something where this story is told in such a sensitive way. And and I think the pacing of it, I don't disagree with you. Like her movies very much are about living with living and breathing within a space of time and just kind of almost hanging out with the characters where you can easily disconnect or feel like, you know, you are almost, you know, tuning out in a way. But what I think works about that third act, even though I think the thing that I really didn't like about this movie is the depiction of uh, LSD uh, drug use because uh, the yeah. visual Great aspect point. of it. Great point. I forgot it about that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's 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 pretty bad. But I but I, I will I'll say this in general. I don't think there are many movies that really have shown um, drug addiction in a realistic manner that kind of doesn't no. feel when it's using a comedy it's fine but like yeah. when it's and even then it's sometimes not done but it feels well, comedic but. unintentionally when they're tripping out on lsd and reading philosophy and 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 because it is such a intimate story that's where i will give Baz Luhrmann credit where the bo the bombastic nature and the maximalist sort of elements of that film kind of given to the hedonistic qualities of 
a, a, a pop or rock star kind of succumbing to all the temptations where this, it kind of feels like, Oh, you know, this does have a little bit of, of amateur kind of quality to it. It's, it's a little tacky. Um, the direction's not great. The acting kind of feels a little bit awkward and arch within how do you, it's also with like, just even like with drinking. I think when, when you have characters who are alcoholics in film, you know, you, you border on caricature or stereotype and it's just really hard to depict that in, dramas specifically as you're mentioning because you know when it's a comedy when it's harold and kumar go to white castle yeah kind of goofy and funny yeah but when it's you know priscilla it it feels like it takes you out of the movie a little bit the other thing that's interesting that doesn't hurt the film in any way whatsoever is there's no elvis music they couldn't get the rights to license the music surprise surprise (laughs) but the music choices that are used within this film work and usually that's not the case because you've had the david bowie stardust movie which they couldn't get the rights to uh the the the, the music the catalog of his didn't yeah. work it was like what's the point you had the Jimi hendrix yeah. biopic with andre benjamin couldn't get Jimi hendrix's estate on board what's the point you know it's about the artist but here it doesn't really it's matter. not about the music yeah it's no. about priscilla right so yeah. you don't i completely agree with you there you know what until you just said that didn't even notice <laughs> exactly honest, right which you is don't a good you thing. don't notice and, and a lot of her music like someone like tarantino she takes stuff that's maybe not even decade appropriate it's more so about like the feeling of you know how this character is at certain points of her life whether she be a teenager whether she be a young adult you know what she's listening to at the time outside of elvis or what sophia coppola feels is kind of almost um in a way um avant-garde within sort of you know juxtaposing more contemporary sort of music because she's done this before with with period storytelling with mary marie antoinette so you know you have those elements as well uh so yeah there's a lot to like here it's not perfect by any means it's not lost in translation which i still think is her best film um but it is a really well-made biopic and i think like i'll take a hundred of these especially if they're directed by someone who has such a distinct voice and style yeah. like Sofia Coppola than a traditional biopic you know and I, I mean even that's even coming into conversation now and and I talked about this actually recently on Cinema Scene where Christopher Nolan talked about Oppenheimer not being a traditional biopic and what a biopic or the definition of a biopic even means anymore because you get the classic cradle to the grave stories but I think we are starting to get more sort of focused narratives that are on a point in time in a person's life whether it be the decades or just even a few months or you know the thing that they're known for the best we've gotten oppenheimer i mean Mm -hmm. even something like killers of the flower moon which isn't a biopic about you know someone historically famous but just in terms of the people that were involved no and we've talked about that for a long time that that's the best type of biopic right like social network one is not not steve jobs yeah those are the two that i think really changed the pace of what a biopic can be and the influence of like, okay, we, yeah, we don't need to do that classic the story. Wikipedia page kind of, yeah, here's everything about their life. And I think that's where my issue with the last act of this movie is, is like, I felt like it, it needed to show us those later years where it could have just been them falling in love and you hinting at 
what because we all kind of know what happened right for the most part like i'd say yeah priscilla anyone, presley stars in the naked gun we know what happens. yeah and and riley keogh is uh here um and i like her but i'm just saying like i always forget that she's uh you know elvis's granddaughter but um I I think you could have even like chopped out most of that last act and then and fleshed out even those first two acts a little bit more and then like ended with them having a little bit of issues instead of showing me the birth of their of Lisa Marie showing me like you know their their divorce and and, and all of that kind of stuff and I, I feel like there could have been a more interesting way to end it where it was even more laser focused on on one point of their life. Uh, even though this movie does do what you're saying, it just, for me went on, if you're going to do it, I felt like you just threw in that extra shit at the end (laughs) and we're like, well, you kind of know what happened. So let's show it to you very quickly. Um, and some of the drug stuff I agree with you doesn't work super well, but overall I still think definitely worth seeing. Um, it's playing at light box right now. I think it's still playing there in Toronto, which is the best cinema probably in Canada. I'll argue that, uh, at least from a, uh, like, a technical point of view. present. Yeah. Technical that's standpoint. That's what I was going for. Um, I'm going to give the movie a three and a half. I think it's good. Uh, some of those issues, like I said, with the pacing and, 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 and certain things just, uh, st- stopped it from being amazing for me, but I still think it's, it's a pretty solid movie. So three and a half for me. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a solid three and a half out of five. I think the performances, particularly Kaylee Spaney, but also Jacob Elordi um, are both great. I think the the period detail and attention is there. The cinematography, we already mentioned it at the beginning, but again, like just the idea of externalizing her feelings, whether, you know, she's not with Elvis at the beginning when she's younger as a, as a girl and seeing that desaturation, but anytime she's in her fantasy world or feeling good, the, the, the color temperature changes and then how that plays out even when, or, yeah, or when it does change in terms of I don't want to spoil anything, but I don't really know what spoilers I, here. It's none none of its spoilers. No, no. So I, when I, so when she, you know, the, the the more she gets to know Elvis and and the more the relationship turns, that desaturation comes yeah. back and that it's Even only a temporary hair color and things like Yeah, that and, and that's where I was also talking about like the Kim Novak thing in, in Vertigo, where you see it's almost like um Elvis is Jimmy Stewart trying to turn Kim Novak who his lost spouse into you know replicating her and turning her into something else and that grooming and control and and sort of you know suffocation of of life to the point where like he's reading philosophy in bed and she's like stop i can't take this anymore yeah this is like part of me is like good for you because like philosophy is one of those things where it's so it's just it's such a bore sometimes and and if you're not into it it's just it's it's it can be so it's like it's it's insufferable. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a really solid little film, but I just think like in terms of Sophia Coppola's filmography, if you're looking for lost in translation, you're not going to get it. But even just thinking about Coppola also shot her first movie in Toronto, the Virgin suicide. So it's just kind of interesting there as well. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Uh, you can check out our other reviews that we have up right now for things like the Marvels. Uh, we'll have reviews up for uh, Poor Things and uh, Saltburn if you want some more uh, Alordi. 
Um, what else we got coming out, Eric? We, May, December. We've oh. got that. And an interview with Todd Haynes actually uh, coming go. up. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's, oh, well, we've got Wish. Wish is coming soon. Yep. Disney Wish. Uh, you guys can check out our um, TIFF recap. We have a bunch of TIFF reviews. Uh, our TIFF recaps over on the Untitled Movie Podcast channel. Um, and we'll also uh, have a vacation episode coming up soon, which should be a lot of fun. Eric's going to talk about his Aruba vacation. Um, we're we're going to try to theme it as like the best places to go for movie lovers, like the Sopranos piano bar in Aruba um, and Disney World and Universal Studios, because I did do that big trip earlier this year where I went to Walt Disney World and I went to Universal Studios uh, Orlando uh, and I rode some of their newest rides over there. So I still want to talk about all that. So I think we're going to do a big vacation episode, which should be a blast over on the Entitled Movie Podcast. So you guys can check that out as well. Uh, One stop shop for everything. Just head over to Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Uh, you'll be able to find everything over there. Um, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I would have given this movie five stars if the last scene was Priscilla Presley was in her office and she got the script for the Naked Gun movie. That would have been perfect. <laughs>